Welcome to a new season of Floods of Justice. Uh, this is season number three. Last year, season two was um, a little bit up and down. Uh, there's some change. There's been some changes made in people's work schedules and stuff, and so we didn't have as many podcast episodes as I would have liked, or as many as we had in 2021. I'm hoping to do better in 2022. I really enjoy doing this. It's a uh, for me, it's just a chance to express myself and to talk about issues uh, that I like to talk about. And I hope that you enjoy it as well. And so this is season three. And so our first guest in season three for 2022 is two women from the Williamson Social Justice Alliance. This is, again, a local issue, but I think there's things we can learn no matter where you're listening from. And I'm so proud of these two ladies. They're becoming friends. And really, um, during the summer of COVID, when there was a lot of racial tension going on, there were two or three brand new organizations in my town that popped up to help, all having to do with um, racial equality, uh, justice, and so forth. And and I just love it when people see a need and step up and do something. And so uh, this group, Williamson Social Justice Alliance, was formed. Um, since it was formed, the uh, the founder of that organization has moved on. And so now these these two women are in charge. First is Amy Duncan. And Amy is on the leadership team of um, Williamson Social Justice Alliance, and she's also head lead person of the LGBTQ task force of the Williamson County or the Williamson Social Justice Alliance. And so we're going to talk about um, a little bit about those issues during this broadcast as well. And then with her is Dr. Eve Boger. Uh, Dr. Dr. Boger is a friend of mine. I did not know she was a medical doctor. She was a pediatrician for years and, and then became a, um, a stay-at-home mom, raising her children and homeschooling them. And uh, Dr. Boger right now is the, serves as the president of um, Williamson Social Justice Alliance. And so it's my privilege to have these two. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. We talk about a number of different issues, and really we just have um, just like three friends sitting down, drinking a cup of coffee, and talking about different things going on in our society or in our community. And I think things that are going on in our community are also going on in other communities, and that's where all of this becomes relevant no matter where you live, no matter where you, where you serve. And so welcome to Floods of Justice, Amy Duncan and Dr. Eve Boger. If you have your Bibles, open them to Amos chapter 5, and I want to read verse 24, where the prophet Amos says, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, justice, justice. The Floods of Justice podcast looks at the issues of our day from a biblical perspective without the labels. Led by Reverend Dr. Kevin Riggs, affectionately known as Pastor Kevin or Rev Kev, he is the senior pastor of Franklin Community Church and founder of Franklin Community Development in Franklin, Tennessee. He is also a published author, teacher, professor, activist, abolitionist, husband, father, grandfather, scuba diver, and coffee connoisseur, which is why this podcast is brought to you from the Coffee House at Second and Bridge in downtown Franklin. Let's begin the conversation. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome uh, to this episode of Floods of Justice, and um, we're live on Facebook. This will be edited down later on, and we'll, we'll go out on our uh, podcast, Floods of Justice, but... I'm excited this morning to have uh, two friends on here and uh, to talk about uh, what they are doing and the organization that they represent. Uh, the organization is Williamson Social Justice Alliance. And you, of course, you know, really by the title of our podcast, Floods of Justice, that this is really 
of what we're about, uh, seeking justice in, um, in our society, in our community. And of course, it starts in our own neighborhood before it goes anywhere else. And so I'm happy to have uh, two guests with me, Amy Duncan, who is on the leadership team for the Williamson Social Justice Alliance, and is also the lead for the LGBTQ Task Force and uh, Wilco Iris, which uh, she'll give us a little more information about that in just a few minutes. And also joining us is, and I did not know this till today, Dr. Eve Boger. Uh, in a previous life, she was a pediatrician, and uh, now she is the president of a Williamson Social Justice Alliance. Um, she uh, got out of medical practice to, to take care and raise her family. So you're to be commended for that. That's the yeah. most important uh, job that there is. And so um, you, 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 you may not have got a pay increase, but your title increase was <laughs> tremendous going from, uh, from doctor to full-time uh, uh, homemaker, raising your children, homeschooling, uh, which I just can't imagine. We didn't homeschool our, our children. That kind of wasn't a thing. Uh, like it is now, but uh, I just can't imagine the work that had to go involved, that has to be involved in that. So, so thank you for what you're already doing. And so I'll just open it up, just whichever one wants to go first, just to tell us a little bit about yourself and about uh, the Williamson Social Justice Alliance. Hey, Amy, I'll start if that's good with you. Um, Kevin said, I'm Eve Boger, and uh, I've lived in Franklin for 18 years, um, or Williamson County for 18 years, Franklin for the last seven. Um, my husband and I have four children um, from the ages of 12 to 21, and we homeschooled for 10 years, and now the kids that are still at home are at BGA. Um, we just made that transition. Um, I have done mission work ever since I quit working as a pediatrician, caring for for um, at-risk youth has been near and dear to my heart ever since I was in high school. And I felt it was important to kind of continue that even without working as a pediatrician. So uh, I've partnered with the Department of Children's Services for years, um, doing a variety of things. I helped create this first safe room in Tennessee for kids that came into foster care. And now the Tennessee Alliance for Kids organization runs all the safe rooms in our area and did different work through church activities um, and running, helping run missions there. And a few years ago, made a transition to where I wanted to serve um, outside of a strictly religious um, perspective and came across a, an amazing young woman named Kate Ward, who is our founder of Williamson Social Justice Alliance. She had a vision during uh, COVID, the beginning of COVID, or well, it was before COVID hit, right, Amy? A little bit was before. A little bit before. Uh, of a need. It was when we were seeing a lot of things on the news with, um, particularly after George Floyd and all of that awful summer that we had. Uh, with similar um, tragedies as his and all of us were kind of reading and watching and wanted to, just felt helpless so like we've got to be able to do something and so through Facebook a group kind of started and so the Williamson Social Justice was born out of that so we'll go into more, that a little bit more but Amy let's let you talk a little bit about you. 
I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm Amy Duncan. I have lived in um, Williamson County, Franklin, Brentwood area for 15 years almost. Um, we have four kids that are 15 to 21. And um, when we first moved here, our friends said, hey, you've got to go check out this school, uh, New Hope Academy. So we went and toured it and fell in love with it. And all of our children went through all their years at New Hope. And um, that was a beautiful introduction to me um, to racial equity and just opened my eyes hugely. As a parent, I feel like I learned maybe even more than my kids did being involved with New Hope. So that really opened the door to um, me really becoming passionate for this community. And, um, you know, just through church, like Eve said, she and I have actually both served together on some mission committees and have been serving in any way that I can in Williamson County. Um, and as this group formed Williamson Social Justice Alliance, I just was really excited to see a group of people from the community come together from all different backgrounds. And um, I think it's very unique. Uh, we just want to be a resource, you know, and really point people to what's already going on. There's already amazing groups that are serving in Williamson County, and we just want to point people to plug into those groups. And then one of the needs that we felt was not being met um, was the vulnerable youth that are part of the LGBTQ demographic. Um, Williamson County, you know, being a, a more southern area of the country and a more conservative area of the country has not done a great job of supporting and loving on those kids. And so we saw a need there. And so we started um, an adult task force to kind of look into how we can serve. And then through that met some amazing students um, here in Williamson County that are leading the charge with our Wilco Iris group, which is basically just um, you know, a safe space for high school kids to get together and get to know one another and feel the support and love and encouragement from each other. Um, and the kids lead it. We just are there behind the scenes to kind of encourage and help them find locations and safe places to meet. So it's been very, very rewarding and we're very inspired by the young people we serve. Well, that's, that's good. And I think I forgot to mention this, but um, Dr. Boger is really the president of the organization right now. I got so wrapped up in you being a doctor that I didn't know about it. I forgot to mention uh, that aspect. My brother's a medical doctor, so I, I, uh, I know what kind of work uh, goes into yeah. all of that. So, uh, so I apologize for not uh, referring to your, your role in the organization itself. But the Williamson Social Justice is, um, I assume you have your 501c3 status now? Yes, we just got that recently, or you're super excited about. Yeah, that, that can, you know, I've, I've formed more nonprofits and I've cared to mention and used to, you could get it pretty quick and, and uh, here lately it's, it's taken a while. So that's, that's a big step. So people can give, um, you have a website, right? What's the website? We have a website. It's WSJATN.org. So for the acronym for Williamson Social Justice Alliance, Tennessee.org. Yeah. Okay, so. Good. so I encourage people to go there and give um, you know, it's the, it's the new year, and, and I know in my own nonprofits, not just one-time gifts, but boy, those people who, who sign up and, and send in something every month, man, that's, that, that's critical to really start building, um, because unfortunately, things cost money, and uh, if you're doing any type of advocacy uh, for, any, for anyone, uh, there, there's money involved, and, uh, and, and, you know, our county is full of nonprofits, but, uh, but this one needs 
uh, to be supported. You're, and so on top of everything else, your group is an advocacy group, which is what I like. Um, and, um, and you're saying you told me was action over silence, which is really good because there's a lot of people who will talk about things. Uh, but then when it comes time to actually doing something, they get a little bit hesitant. They're afraid of, of what might happen, especially when you're talking about um, the LGBTQ community. But, um, in, our, in our county, again, you've already said very, very conservative um, churches on every corner. <clears throat> you know, I used to tell people that my assumption was there are more mega churches in Middle Tennessee than anywhere else. And about five years ago, the Tennessean did a report that showed that per capita, there are more mega churches, and as churches defined as 2,000 or more um, in Middle Tennessee than anywhere else in the United States, which means anywhere That's, else in the world. Um, we, yeah. we, are, we are in the, uh, we are in dead center in the, in the buckle of the Bible belt here. And, um, but, you know, not to go a long way on this, but just briefly, what, are, what kind of pushback have you gotten, if any, from our county when you start talking about uh, advocating for, um, teenagers who, who um, have a different sexual identity than, than what, um, you know, churches sometimes like. Yeah, I mean, for the, for the church aspect of it, I would say, you know, unfortunately, a lot of these kids have left church um, because they have not felt welcome or they have been told that their identity, who they were created to be as a sin. And that has really broken my heart personally as someone who does, you know, identify as a Christian and has grown up in a church. You know, it breaks my heart that kids would feel like they don't belong uh, to God's family. And so, you know, without pushing my own personal beliefs on these kids, obviously, just loving on them and making them feel like they belong is a huge thing we can do here in Williamson County. And um, there are some churches that do a better job of that than others. And I feel like we're all in a learning curve, right? You know, I feel like as this becomes more part of, um, you know, normalizing the conversation, you know, churches, whether or not they really want to think about this issue are going to have to, because um, young people are a lot more expressive and a lot more open with what they believe about it. So I think it's an important conversation to have, Um you know, and, and what we all need to think about as we look forward to the future and these kids. Um, as far as pushback goes, there definitely has been some within the school systems, as we have seen. Um, that has been the, the main public pushback. Um, there are several high schools that have uh, GSA clubs or LGBTQ clubs that um, they allow them to have a club, but they can't really support them or do much as a, you know, administration, obviously, they're kind of limited in what the school's allowed to do. Mm -hmm. But there are definitely schools that don't allow those clubs to exist. Uh, public and, schools that don't allow those to exist? Yes, yes. Well, there's an issue there. <laughs> there is, because that's one of the very few, you know, small ways that kids can feel safe at school, um, you know, and so these kids especially tend to be bullied more, tend to be called names a lot more. And then we know that the suicide rate for these, these students, um, you know, is about four times more than the regular um, heterosexual high school youth. So, yeah, and to put that into context, I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. the suicide rate is four times higher um, than the national average or the average. And our county is, is um, at least at one time, we were second in the state for the number of suicides attempted and that that's not per capita 
but the actual number. And so we've got about 200,000 people in our county. Um, Memphis is number one, but they've got over a million people in their county. And then we're number two, again, not per capita, but actual raw numbers. Um, Williamson County is the second county in Tennessee for suicide and suicide attempts. And then you add on top of that, uh, that um, a, a high schooler who identifies um, as somewhat other than heterosexual now is four times more likely um, to, uh, to commit suicide. I mean, this is a huge need and it's really, it's really a need that's not talked about. Um, you know, I've, I've read about it. I mean, I've had conversations with people who are working with people who, are su who, who have um, suicide ideations and all that kind of thing. But as a whole, it's not talked about. And then unfortunately, uh, if it's brought up that, well, part of the thing going on is their sexual identity, then that's like really, really hushed up. And, uh, and, and again, just having a place uh, to love. And so what, what are some things that you guys are doing in the, in the, with the teenagers that kind of help and show them that, that they're loved? Um, it's, it's been beautiful to watch. Um, we, we basically help facilitate uh, a meeting for these kids once a month where they can gather somewhere safe um, and get to know each other and talk to each other. And we do different things each month. Um, we did a Friendsgiving where they just got to sit down and have a meal together and just, you know, be with each other. Um, in December, we joined together and helped build the float and participate uh, for the very first time in the Franklin Christmas Parade, um, which was a, which was amazing. Um, you won first place, didn't you? For didn't the nonprofit. Yeah, we got first place in the nonprofit float, which really was just was amazing for the kids and the adults involved to see their community come around them and no one yelled anything ugly at us as we walked down the street, which was lovely. We had prepared ourselves for whatever might come, but it was a, overall a great experience. And again, we're just trying to normalize that we are your neighbors. We are your you know, friends. We are here in Williamson County, and we all just want to be a part of this wonderful place and encourage each other in our community. So that was beautiful. And then our next meeting in January, Eve has helped facilitate with some college counselors that are going to come and meet with students and parents alike to learn more about how to figure out if a college is LGBTQ friendly, if it's going to be safe for you, um, college application process, what do I need to say, what don't, don't I need to say, scholarship opportunities, all of those things that can be really scary um, and make you feel very, very vulnerable um, as an LGBTQ youth. So we're really excited about uh, them coming to talk to our group. Well, that, that's good. And were you guys, I assume you were involved over the summer, when it, or was it, when was the fest, the pride, yeah. the first pride event down at Harlan, when was that? July. Okay. I yeah, it was July. Summer. Yeah, it was July. The hottest day of summer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were. And our students volunteered in the youth area there and helped run the games. And, you know, again, just making it a family friendly environment was the goal. And I think that our, our kids really helped make that happen. Yeah, good. I, I wasn't there, but from what I saw, it was a huge, I think it was a huge success, wasn't it? The first one that, that we've had. And, and uh, I'm sure, you, I'm sure you guys will build, uh, build on that as well. Yeah. yeah, the next one will be the first weekend of June this next year. So I think it's June the 4th. I'll have to look at the calendar. But um, the first weekend of June is when that's going to happen. So we encourage everybody to come out. Even, you know, if you just want to learn more about the community, it's it's not just for gay people or LGBTQ people. It's for allies and everyone just to come out and learn and celebrate and be together. 
Yeah. Well, you I know, think I, last year there were 4,000 people that came. That's what they yeah, I, I, I heard it was in the thousands. And I was actually at the final meeting because uh, I'm involved with the drug court and we were getting our paperwork done for our Eat the Street truck festival. Um, and uh, it was the last meeting with um, with you guys getting approved. Robert was there, Mac, 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 McNair or McNamara? I can't McNamara. remember. McNamara. Um, and uh, and I, I was kind of listening with interest and uh, the support that I, I felt like they were receiving from the city uh, was really, really, uh, really, really good uh, for that. And so uh, that that's always good to hear. I was fortunate enough, our one of my nonprofits, Winston County Homeless Alliance, we received a donation from PFLAG. And, um, and, you know, and, and I, it was an honor to do that and talk to some people there. And, and, uh, and of course, also being reminded that it's really kind of sad that you have to have uh, a, a P flag, um, but just a, a group that had to come together, parents and friends, and to support, um, to support young people who are going through this. And of course, working in the homeless community here in Franklin, our homeless population is a little bit different, but I know like in major cities, uh, a very, very high percentage of people who are homeless are also teenagers um, who have been kicked out of their houses um, because of their sexual identity and then, they, and then they become homeless. And what breaks my heart as a pastor is a lot of those kids were kicked out of quote Christian homes, right. um, you know, right. and, now, and now they're homeless. And, and um, you know, I, we haven't seen a whole lot of that here in Franklin with, with young, you know, we have a high number of young people um, or I think more than anybody would really like to say, admit of, uh, of that 18 to 22 year old who, who is homeless. Um, but most of them have just aged out of foster care been my experience here locally and, um, and, and, not, and not, the, uh, not the sexual identity component of it, which I know in major cities is, is, is a big, big, big deal. But outside of that, what are some other issues that you guys are working on? Wait, well, back, big, to the, that, back to what you said just about the homeless um, youth. You know, not too long ago, we received a call about a, a, a kid, a young man who'd been kicked out of his house. Um, and we were trying to work on resources to help him find a place because for the 18 to 22 year old range, it, it's, a, it's hard to find somewhere for that group who's homeless um, for a permanent, you know, a, more permanent situation um but we were able to work with some groups out of nashville um that helped cater towards that that population and that was a a big thing um to kind of open our eyes a little bit about more needs that are specific to williamson county for that you know and at the pride event also we were next to our the social justice groups we were next booth was next to free mom hugs of Tennessee, which is a, a group we partner with quite a bit to help just to work together to support um, LGBTQ youth. They are an amazing national organization that will stand in, like their goal is to have kids who did not have hugs or do not get hugs or love or parental support to, to have access to that. So like that you can apply to them if you're getting married and your parents won't come they'll come and fill in as parents at your wedding so that you're not um getting married without you know a, a parent there um but at, at the free mom hugs tent they give free hugs to people and it was one of the most beautiful things i've seen in franklin as people were lined up kids you know teenagers adults 60 to 70 year old men and women waiting to get a hug that deep longing for just being seen and connected um 
and, and, and valued for who you are. It, it was, it was, it invoked a lot of tears of me just sitting there watching it. It was, it's a really beautiful thing. So I was excited to see that in, in Franklin. Yeah, good. And don't, don't forget about us. If you have anybody else call you with a homeless situation, refer them to us. One of my case managers, uh, he works for me part-time, but he's a full-time case manager for Nashville Cares. Um, and so there would be a, just a local connection uh, here if you run into that again. Um, you know, more than likely, we'd probably end up doing what you do, referring on into Nashville where there's more, um, more services. But it could we do have a person on staff who is familiar with all of that um, uh, for that for that demographic. So so keep us in mind. Yeah, Our phones are ringing all the time, so you might as well have oh, one. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for that. Um, let me see. I, I wrote down some other notes. Oh, um, talk about your work uh, in Hard Bargain. Hard Bargain is near to my heart. Um, you know, years ago, there was a group of people. This has been in the 90s called Empty Hands Fellowship. And uh, uh, Scott Rowley, uh, Denny, Denny Denson, local people will know who I'm talking about. If you're out of state, you won't. But both those guys are, were mentors to me. Scott and I still try to stay in touch. Uh, the best that we can. And they started this group that was mainly for racial reconciliation, but there were some other things also. And But out of that group of people, uh, I was fortunate enough to be involved early on in that. <clears throat> in our community um, came the Hard Bargain Association. New Hope Academy was really birthed out of that. Um, and it's like we didn't really start it, but people who were involved in our group felt the need, and then we, we gave them encouragement and support along the way. And Mercy, Mercy Clinic, which was at one time Mercy Children's Clinic, all of those really in one way or another were associated and came out of that, of that group so many years ago. And so when I hear people talk about New Hope Academy and, and uh, things, I was like, yeah, I, I remember when that started. I remember sitting in on those conversations uh, with, uh, with the founder, the, the wife and her husband who, who founded that and hearing their dream and hearing their vision and then seeing it all these years uh, all these years later. And so that just kind of warmed my heart. But, and so hard bargain is, is part of, um, kind of part of my DNA being around so long. So tell me what you're doing in hard bargain. We have worked with, um, Miss Europe a little bit to, uh, our group of us got together last year. We re recruited donors and, um, people to get together to put Easter baskets, um, together for youth in the hard bargain area. Um, and delivered those around. I think our, um, we obviously, we wanted to do like an Easter egg hunt and some other things, but with COVID where it was last year, we were a little bit limited in what uh, we could could do interacting with everyone. Um, but that's, that's on our agenda for this year too. We've got a meeting, hopefully to get scheduled soon with Miss Europe to go over um, what, what all, things we could plug into like I know the daughters of the king do a amazing food service during the summer and I, I would love to work with them some to provide volunteers and just be present for that we um joined for the community cleanup in November and the turkey giveaway that they did right before Thanksgiving and had a group of a about 10 um, WSJA members who came out and raked leaves and picked up trash. Um, I know my 16-year-old son had, had never seen such leaves and, and really spent a lot of time 
learning about the different houses and meeting some of the people that were there in the neighborhood who would come out and thank them and work, you know, work with them too to clean up the leaves and just get do some work that it may be hard for those who can't um, move as easily to do. So those are kind of two of the ways that we've plugged in. I I feel like hard bargain is one of those areas for um, helping us be able to really show up and do some action. They have a lot of ongoing needs. And if we can coordinate with them just to really say we're here we want we have people that want to do things and trying to be the the medium to they want to serve here are my gifts if we can take the time to learn our volunteers gifts and then plug them in with the organization then I think we'll see a lot more action in our community and for those who don't live in our area hard bargain is the name of a neighborhood uh, real close to downtown Franklin uh, the name, my understanding, came from a, a freed slave, and the deal was a hard bargain to get. And this was a, a plot of land, a small community where, uh, at the time, mainly freed slaves were able to buy property and build their own houses. And so there was home ownership uh, uh, from that. And it's so it's one of the oldest neighborhoods still in our city. Uh, but like a lot of cities, it's going through gentrification and um, other economic problems. And so the Hard Bargain Association is committed to, to building new houses and restoring old homes and just helping out uh, the community. And in, in our community, Williamson County is a very wealthy community, but there's three neighborhoods that are, uh, I don't wanna say low income because that's, that's offensive, but, um, but, are, but they're um, working class and uh, primarily African-American communities. Um, and all of them are being affected big time by gentrification. Uh, housing, affordable housing is, is uh, uh, well, it's almost non-existent now in our in our county, and so people who can help in any of those areas, we really, and I really, really appreciate it because we have people in our community who who have been in this community for generations and who trace their roots uh, back to um, slaves and free slaves, and now they're being forced to leave because of um, just the economics of living in Franklin being uh, being what they are. So, I appreciate all that work that you do uh, in the hard bargain uh, neighborhood. And with that in mind, too, um, tell me what you guys are doing for Black History Month. You, uh, you have some type of competition that uh, that you try to get going, right? We try we try to reach it out to the public and private schools in our area and and, and ask them to share with their kids, however, however they can about a an arts competition um, of what does Black History Month mean to you? I think that will be our question again this year, just whatever you're when you think of that as a as a youth, what feelings come to your mind, and how can you can project that in a um, art like manner? So I think last year we had people who sent in entries that of things they had drawn, of a poem they had written. One person did a song um, or a dance. I mean, anything along the lines of art, we we take and then have a little team of judges. Um, I think last year we did this with the, um, what was Howard's group? Amy, the, Fre the Franklin Equity and Justice Coalition, is that right? Mm -hmm. they, they kind of, we kind of partnered together with them for that last year. Um, but we give a $100 prize for first place and 50 for second and 25 for third. So we're excited. We're going to get the flyer out for that in the next day or so and, and see, um, see what we get in. Our kids are creative, and I think it also um, helps them show that they can express themselves 
with the the feelings they've got inside because it's that's a lot of the angst that we see in kids they can't get their feelings expressed in all the just basic ways so we're excited for that yeah anything else going on let's see we will um we've worked with the alternative learning center um which is for Williamson County Schools, that is where kids who have been suspended for whatever reason, um, fighting, you know, drug use, whatever comes up, we are have partnered with them to do different coffee drives. They have the, the gentleman that runs that program now, Josiah Holland, has an amazing vision and really looks to give positives to the kids as much as he can to show them, you know, that it's if you work, you can start to earn things. And so on Fridays, they do coffee Fridays. So we've helped provide coffee and creamers and just fun things for them on Fridays. Some we're also going to add two people to their advisory board um, to kind of, as he's looking over policies and things that they can change about the program, what, how we can make the, alternative learning center just better he, he says every year I look at all the rules and see what I can take away I've got to keep some in there for sure but if I can take away some more yeses and less no's then then that's what they want to do and that's we're going to kind of partner along with them for that um, we have a group that is working with the Afghan refugees I don't think they're officially refugees but the they we're working through the nice um, program for in Nashville to be mentors for some of the families that are coming in. Um, we've provided some resources like basic household items, um, shoes, different things, you know, clothes, different things like that. It, it's, but now that some of the Afghans are settled, uh, uh, even in Nashville, there was a problem with finding affordable housing for them to come in because they have to be within a certain range of housing. So, what, but we've gotten word that's been settled. So I think we have nine people that are going to go through a mentor program to then work with a weekly on a weekly basis for about six months with the families to help them acclimate to the U.S. and help sort of provide that support for how do you get a job? How do you, you know, go to the grocery? How does the credit card, how do all these things in America work? So that's one of our um, upcoming ongoing projects. Um, we have a vulnerable families group and they do tremendous work with uh, a, a lady named Mona Ivy Soto who has connections in Nashville um, of, of women and families who go through a really hard period for whatever reason and a lot of times need support just to remain afloat for another month till they can get themselves together. And so our, we have a group that's done amazing work with, with her. Uh, the Tennessean wrote an article about it a few months ago. Um, we're trying to open those, uh, I'm looking, we, we wanna pull that into Williamson County too. It's the need, there's a need in Davidson that's prevalent and ongoing, but we also know there's a need in Williamson that gets overlooked some. And so we're working on ways on fostering new partnerships here to target um, 
families that um, may feel are marginalized or have needs that we could step in and provide support for, not just through donations, but also, um, you know, mental support and, and that aspect. So. Well, how big is your organization? You're doing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> not as big as it needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have big visions. And we're, we're hoping to grow a little bit this year. Um, we have about, we have a public Facebook page that has about 580 people on it that see things routinely. Um, we have a private page that we ask people to do kind of questionnaires and um, a little screening before we, you get on the, the private group page, just so we can put more things, information in there about that. Uh, about our meetings and certain things in there that has about 260 people that are on that page um we also have about 200 people that get our monthly newsletter which if anyone's looking to learn more about that um we do have a, a email or email the email that's an email and that's um you can get on that by emailing info at wsjatn.org um, and we'll add you to our, our email newsletter that comes out monthly with our upcoming happenings. Um, but I would say consistently, we probably have 25, well, Amy's task force is the biggest, but I would say 25 to 30 people doing a lot of the work. As it is in lots of organizations, right? right? Right. Um, and, and, and some of that's been COVID and some yeah. of that has yeah. been um, coming out of COVID. And now we've got to do all the things with the kids to catch everybody up. And we're, we're all volunteer led. There's no all the donations go directly um, to help other people. Um, and so it, it with volunteers, all volunteerism comes, you know, ebbs and flows. Yeah. Yeah. Vol volunteers are wonderful. But uh, yeah, it, it becomes ebb and flow. And, you know, the deeper you get in, it's like peeling an onion. The deeper you get into any of these justice issues, it just starts, you know, it's like, whoa. Then it's one leads to the other. And then you kind of see how they're all interconnected uh, on everything. And it can be, uh, it can be overwhelming. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> it can be, it can be overwhelming. And in, in our group, with my people who I work with, we talk a whole lot about, about soul care and personal taking care of yourself because it can become, it can become so draining to, to get involved in these issues. Um, and it can give you life, you know, and make you excited. And, um, but, uh, but if you let it, it can suck the life out of you also. So I uh, just encourage you two ladies just to make sure you're taking care of yourself. Um, and because you're not going to do any good to anybody if you're not, if you're not taking care of yourself uh, first. And because um, we need you, we need groups like this. We need, we need more of them um, justice. There's so there's so many things that are not right in our society, and um, and I think that you know for a lot of people it can get really it can get depressing sometimes. And and here lately, you know, a lot of people have started to see that even our religion um, is not what we thought it was, and our country is not what we thought it was or what we were brought up. So part of that is speaking from privilege, um, you know, and those and our those things are just starting to become more real. And then what do we do? And you can jump in there and do a hundred things at once and then burn out quick, or you can, okay, I'm going to make a difference where I can, but I'm going to keep, you know, 
I want to keep going. This, this has got to be, it's a lifelong commitment. Um, and, uh, you know, one of, one of the things that aggravates me sometimes is people get excited about something and they get involved and then within a month they're not involved anymore. Um, part of that is burnout. Part of that is they didn't really know what they were getting into. Uh, and part of that is just maybe the cycle of life. But it's like, man, these people are depending on uh, us showing up every time, not just uh, every once in a while, but, uh, but every time and uh, using, uh, using our resources and using our privilege to, to get things done that other people can't or might not be able to get done is, is so important. So you guys are to be commended for stepping up, sticking your necks out there, uh, taking the shots uh, when they come. And um, so uh, just, keep, just keep up the good work. In closing, just tell us again how people can get a hold of you, your website or, or however, you know, and, and maybe some, you've already mentioned some things they can get involved in, but uh, so just mention some, you know, here, here's your time to sell, get people involved. Well, I'll say that on the website, which is wsjatn.org, um, we have links to multiple resources, um, to reading lists, to, you know, websites, to local organizations, you know, if you're interested in racial equity, click here and it'll tell you what's going on in Williamson County that you might want to plug into. Um, and along those lines, I will say, you know, it is scary to plug in and start volunteering and people do get burned out. But I think it's important for you to also know that you're joining a beautiful community of people that also have a heart for justice. And if you can kind of see it as a community and um, you know, really just value the people that you're learning, you know, about and, you know, just the women that I've gotten to know on my task force, it's been amazing. It's people that I wouldn't have come across in my normal daily life, but, you know, it's just, it's a beautiful thing to see people with the same heart for justice come together. So we encourage people to go to the website, you know, click on things that you're interested in, email us, and then we can plug you in, point you in the direction, you know, with other like-minded people and, you know, we, we have great hope for Williamson County. We know things are changing um, and we don't always like that, but, um, you know, I've really enjoyed kind of the peek behind the curtain um, to all the people that are really maybe upset about how things are going and want to make change and just their care for the community has been very encouraging, so. All right, good. I agree, and I, I think that there is a place for anyone who has had their heart pricked by social justice, we can find something for you. Um, it doesn't have to be an all in. I'm going to volunteer every day for the rest of my life, but it, it can be, we have ways for people to work behind the scenes. Some of our best volunteers that we have are mamas that have newborns and they are like, I can only give 30 minutes a week, but this is where my heart is. And that's, that is, I think, is a gift that Amy and I have both developed through our years of mission work is that, okay, we can, you tell us what speaks to you and we can find a, a role for you because there is something each of us can be doing to make a difference um, for those on the margins to help build more equal footing. Um, there is no job that is too small or, you know, to, to help. And so that's, that is one of the main roles that Williamson Social Justice Alliance wants to fill. Um, for those people that are on the sides that are thinking, I, I wish I could do something. Well, here we are. We're ready right. for you to do something and we can help you find your something. So, All right. Well, that's a good way to end. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Check out the website. 
uh, get involved. Uh, I love that that saying, action over silence. Um, we have been silent too long, which is uh, one reason why our country's in the mess that it's in, because people were just silent, uh, and it's time to rise up and uh, demand uh, that justice be um, be brought throughout throughout our community. So, so thank you, ladies, so much, and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening in. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Let's of Justice podcast looks at the issues of our day from a biblical perspective without the labels. Join the conversation online at floodsofjustice.com or find the Reverend Dr. Kevin Riggs on Twitter at Riggs underscore Kevin. Floods of Justice is part of the Tennessee Holler podcast network. The Tennessee Holler provides relentless coverage, shining a light on injustices throughout Tennessee. Find them online at www.tnholler.com.